Consequence Podcast Network. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there, some sort of demented creature surviving in the wilderness, full grown by now. Some folks claim they've even seen him right in this area. From the cold, chilly cabins of Camp Crystal Lake to outer space, we are Halloweenies! Greetings and welcome to a very special episode of Halloweenies, a Jason Voorhees podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Justin Jason Voorhees Gerber. I really dug deep for that one. <laughs> yeah. And, wow. uh, and who is that joining me uh, in, in Higgins Haven? In, uh, sorry, uh, Higgins Haven, excuse me. Well, hey, look, I've uh, jumped two movies forward and um, I'm wearing my denim jacket. This is Mike Tommy Jarvis Rothman taking that. Uh, Going to p- probably piss off a few of the co-hosts considering he's the hunkiest and greatest character in the whole franchise. But um, I'm going to clarify that I'm also not the Tommy Jarvis from Final Chapter, but Jason lives. So I truly get to be the best Tommy Jarvis. No, because um, so, I think, Mike, you said you said you're jumping ahead two movies. So I immediately thought you meant the um, the John <laughs> Shepard performance from A New Beginning. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. Never mind. <laughs> like so three movies. Oh, God. Heavily no, disturbed. No. Who's going yeah, to just sweaty thing. the entire time because everyone's just like sweltering through that entire fucking movie. Well, to be fair, though, you have been having awful visions of, of Jason Voorhees in, in front yards. It's true. Yes. And, and I did just see somebody ax someone um, in this random introduction scene. Well, as I always um, say, you should never offer people candy bars. So that's what happens. True. Oh, Lord. God. Well, Mike, listen, we are here for a very special occasion because as we have been teasing through just about every episode this season, we landed Shelley Finkelstein himself. That's right. We've got Larry Zerner from Friday yes. the 15th Part 3. We talk, we've been talking a lot about him. And as we also discussed, he isn't he's been a practicing lawyer for for decades now, and he has been the go to source on social media regarding this mess of a Friday the 13th <laughs> rights <laughs> case that's been going on for years now. And if you stick around for the end of that episode, we, we really do dive into that. He gives a yeah. really great, you know, explanation as to what's going on for anybody like Mike and I who cannot truly figure it out. He does a great job of explaining it. Um, also explaining, you know, whether or not this case could actually be resolved much sooner than I expected, Mike. Yeah, I agree. I was a little shocked. Uh, still seems like we got, uh, quite a ways to go, um, which is unfortunate, but. Cause there's, there's some other things going on in the world that might preclude that case from, <laughs> from settling yeah, as yeah. quickly as it, as it could have. Uh, um, and then but we also and, have another little spooky tangent with that, that regards, uh, with regards to law also that I was uh, really shocked to stumble upon in uh, my research. And I'm very excited to, for you to hear that too. So, um, yeah, and a lot of that takes place at, the second half of the conversation the first half definitely revolves around friday 13th part three and larry zerner's involvement in that movie and kind of the the aftermath and the years that that followed with you know in regards to you know conventions and keeping in touch we touch upon franchise a little bit we talk a lot about the the friday franchise like you said mike in general but before we get into that is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about in the realm of horror anything off the top of your head no, not at the moment. I I, I do think that uh, we should just finally 
go into Higgins Haven and, uh, and, and meet Shelly himself. Let's do it. Hi, Flirt. Hi, is this uh, uh, Larry Zerner? Yes, it is. Hi, this is uh, Mike Rothman and Justin Gerber from uh, Halloween Halloweenies podcast. Hi, Larry. Hi. Well, first off, um, apologies again over uh, last weekend's tweet. Uh, we definitely got out of hand, and um, we just really wanted to stress that yeah. we've wanted you from day one on this podcast. Um, you know, and thank you so much for for doing this uh, with us, and I can't appreciate it uh, anymore. So wait, 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 wait. Before you start, before you start, before you yeah, start. yeah. I, I have to tell you the story, the bitch line in part three. Okay. I got to give you some context because I know you, you, I heard a lot of Shelly's an incel jokes there. Um, okay. So that line's not in the script. It, so you have to go back. You guys are a little younger than me. Um, at the time, there was a character on Saturday Night Live, Emily Latella, played by Gilda Radner, who would go on, I don't know if you're familiar with the character, she oh, would totally. go on the, the weekend update and, right, and do her thing, mm-hmm. say, either against violence on television. And then uh, Jane Curtin would go, it's not violence, it's violence. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember this bit. <laughs> and, then, and then she'd go, never mind. And then she'd go, bitch, yep. <laughs> to Jane Curtin. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is 1982. This is still in the zeitgeist not in the zeitgeist anymore it's still in the zeitgeist so we're doing the scene um i know it's we're about like steve's about to say cut and i throw the bitch in just to break up the crew and and which which it did and everyone understood the context of what i said why i was saying that and then steve said do it again and keep it (laughs) (laughs) well see that's fast see i know that i did not know that I yeah. did not know that, that no was. Clue. Of course you didn't know that. Who would know that? <laughs> Only I knew that. <laughs> you know, I grew up on, you know, there would be Saturday Night Live reruns on uh, Nick, Alo- Nick at Night. So Nick I, was, Night, I yeah. would watch all those growing up in the 80s. But once you said that and the Jane Curtin bit at Weekend Update, I remember I was like, oh, I know yeah. exactly what you're talking about. With a, she's got a little, she's got the little glasses on. She's kind of nerdy, really delicate. I, I remember yes, that. Yes, right. Yes, right. So that's what, that's what I was doing. That's what, and you know, that's the sort of what was going through Shelley's head at the time. Mm-hmm. He's not like, fucking bitch, I'm going to fucking kill you. Like, that's not what it is. It's more like just Emily Latella going, like, he's, like it is, he's making that joke. Yeah. And it just doesn't play. But, like, when I, when, when I saw the movie last year at a screening, that it, just doesn't, it just doesn't carry over after 38 years. Like, it has a different context. And it's kind of like uh, the tweet, that the, that. And, you know, and our and our tweet obviously didn't play either. And so uh, again, we we appreciate you coming on with us here. Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest, uh, like, craziest issues right now in terms of like even contextualizing horror is that, I mean, even last week, like, you know, Joe Bob was getting into hot water because of you know th- things that he was discussing and in, in, in his own op eds, and it just feels like everyone's. Um, it's it's just a very uh, particular time, I think, where um, I've noticed that things either a don't hold up or b things are getting re- reevaluated nonstop, um, and people forget the lack of context in in that. I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the worst case uh, example of when I I remember seeing like a screening of Halloween a couple of years ago at the the music box, and there were a bunch of people that were just like, "God, the movie was boring," and I was like, "Well." 
I guess maybe by today's standards, but by the time it was like, you know, in 1978, it was one of the most terrifying movies of all time. And, and, and I just feel like that lack of context with people sometimes is one of the, the biggest pitfalls I feel like in, in with anything in pop culture right now. But um, I digress. I thought, um. <laughs> yeah, Halloween. I mean, it's like when you go, there's only like six people killed in the whole movie, right? It's like right? it's yeah. not a fest. Uh, that yeah. uh, and not and really, there's one in the beginning. There's the murder in the beginning, and then nothing until what, like an hour in, right? Yeah, like, that's a long time. Between. So yeah. it's not like like if the studio made it, they'd be like, no, no, we need one every, you know, every 15 minutes. Yeah, or yeah. 10 minutes. We need a kill. Oh, totally. It's like a horror well, movie. You got, you know, you, you gotta have it. You gotta have your sex every 10 minutes, mm-hmm. otherwise. What, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, speaking of sex and obviously kills every 10 minutes, that that's a great transition uh, right into the Friday 13th franchise, <laughs> which absolutely <laughs> delivers on that. Uh, you know, going into Friday 13th Part Three, I guess the year was around. Was it 1982? I think when that when production started on that. 1982. Yeah. That's right. And what what was the the public consciousness around the franchise at that time? At that point. I would say not. You know, I can't speak for the public, you know, for myself. You know, the first movie had come out, done well. The second movie came out a year later, did, you know, like half the business. So it was just like, whatever, you're on the third of a dying, you know, whatever. It's a third in the franchise. It wasn't a franchise, just two. One that had done well, one that had done okay. Um, you know, there was no, but again, you know, there's, because the first one is so of itself, right? It just, it mm-hmm. is. It's right. It's it's its own movie. It's the 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 second one is not. You know, it's a continuation only in the loosest sense because right, you're just we've created a new killer, right? Because you couldn't because yeah. the first killer, because you know, Mrs. Voorhees is dead. So I don't think there was much. Um, and also, right, Sackhead Jason is just not that. In my opinion, you know, not the like that one. Like if they had kept Sackhead Jason, it would have stopped. Yeah. yeah, I think the sackhead being in only one movie, I think, for a lot of people, makes it kind of a special situation, you know? It's just not as uh, yeah. prevalent, obviously, as, as the hockey mask definitely became over the next, what, 30, 35 years. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I mean, the, the, the hockey mask is iconic. It yeah. really is. You can show pretty much anyone in the United States that hockey mask, and they know what you're talking about. They know totally. what movie you're talking about. They know, who, you know, so a lot of cats people will go, oh, that's Freddy Krueger, but they still understand. <laughs> it's something to do with the horror movie. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, if you had the, if you showed them a, a sack, they would be like, oh, I don't know what that is. It just wouldn't have <laughs> ingrained in their culture the way the hockey mask did it. For whatever, they struck, they hit lightning in a bottle. So it almost feels like the, the franchise had just, like, kept re, like, reinventing itself at that point. You know, like the first one you're saying, like, it, you know, it is Mrs. Voorhees. Second one, it's like, all right, shit, well, what do we do? Well, I guess we just go with Jason. Third one, well, we have Jason, but what do we do now? <laughs> and it's like, it is like an interesting uh, time, I guess, uh, in the long run and in hindsight, because you look back and you're like, well, yeah, the hockey mask wasn't there. So like the, I- the iconography of the film hadn't even been set yet. Um and I want, and I wonder, just even like at the culture at large, like with regards to slashers, like had the tropes even been set yet? Like when you went into you know Friday three, and you started filming the movie, like was the concepts of like the final girl and you know the morality of people having sex and getting killed were those rules there? Like was that part of the consciousness going into this movie? I would say. But it wasn't said. The word final girl, I think that was probably in the 90s before they went back and said, this is a final girl. But I think they knew what a, 
there is they that's just how they end. They end with a girl being uh mm-hmm. chased uh and she's the good girl. You know, that I think that had been established. I think people understood that. But I don't think it was spoken so yeah. much. It wasn't ingrained it was in the... Like, if you look yeah. at like the, the Siskel and Ebert reviews where they're like, oh, they're all just girls getting killed. Um, <laughs> it's you know, it's s- like there's always that, that, that thing that it's just about girls getting killed. And it's like, hey, in Friday 13th, there's more women, men killed than women. It's oh, like, totally. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Siskel and Ebert obviously famously... <laughs> Siskel and Ebert famously hated the Friday 13th movies and, and most slasher movies. But somebody on YouTube... Right edited their Friday the 13th Part 2 review with a positive <laughs> review. And so it made it look like they were giving it this glowing review. It's pretty funny. It's, uh, okay. it's on YouTube. Uh, check it out. Check it out. We, we, now, what we have to talk about, of course, is, is the hockey mask. And, you know, we think about the other great peop- horror villains of the era. You know, Michael Myers, he just steals his off screen from a convenience store. Freddy Krueger makes his. Leatherface, of course, makes his from human skin. But I feel like you're the only victim that of any of these franchises from any period who's actually responsible <laughs> for the killer's mask. So, I mean, at the time, yeah. we had, in the script, it was not listed that it was a hockey mask, correct? Correct. Wow. Mm. That's so at what weird. point? And I don't know. It's like, I don't even know that I thought about it. Before. Like, I didn't even think about it because he already had another mask right he had that mask in the first scene the clear mask which they weren't going to use but i don't know that i you know i didn't think of that of course i didn't you know it's like i didn't really read you know it's like maybe i read the script once you know to see what was going after my i'm dead but that was it i didn't really like you don't really go like like, i'm sure the, the people are thinking he's got a mask on but i'm not you're not thinking that because you're just reading a script and it doesn't it doesn't say he's got a, this mask on the whole time i'm sure it did but it's like i didn't think about it until i saw it and then and then it yeah it was cool but it didn't become right it it didn't become a an icon until well at least oh it was i mean the movie did well but I don't know when it became iconic. I don't know where it, it, you know, obviously as I kept, I think on the four, right, they used it on the four poster, right? Yeah. Obviously yeah. it was a big deal. So then they started using it as sort of the marketing for the movie. It became the symbol of the movie. And so that sort of put it into people's consciousness. I had no, I had no idea that it would be this thing, although I did ask him for the mask at the end of the shoot. I said, can I have the mask? Um, did they, they give like, it no. to you? Oh, they said no? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> no. They were like, no. maybe, maybe they knew no. something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, although no one knows where that mask went. No one knows. Whatever. There were a few masks made for the first movie. There, you know, and, and, you know, I've been dealing with the, the people who did Crystal Lake Memories, and, and nobody knows what happened to the original mask, which would be worth a tidy sum today. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> um, That's so weird how that happens. Like I remember when God, I think it was like Halloween H2O or one of the one of the sequels. They're like, well, let's you know, let's try to find the mask, the original mask, you know, this iconic piece of Hollywood memorabilia. And I remember like reading how they were. It was just like impossible to find. They're like when someone was like, oh well, actually, it was in a shoebox underneath my bed or whatever. And it's like, what are you fucking nuts? Like this is like iconic properties. <laughs> like how is this not a thing? And um, I guess just at the time, it must have been just like, oh, well, rap shooting's done. Throw everything in a, in a closet and we're done. Um, it's just- I, I don't know. I, someone may have, t- one of the producers may have taken it, but but <laughs> yeah. then it just, 
whatever. I mean, I, somehow <laughs> it, it, it then it got put in a shoebox and no one ever found it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, God. So. I like to imagine it's just sitting somewhere in a, in a garage, like next to fishing poles or, um, you know, like a, a cooler or something like that. And it's just like families coming in and out and it's just sitting there. It's just a piece of, I and you, no one would, you could never prove it. Look, I no. got the mask. It's the original. No. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, maybe Screen Steve, <laughs> maybe Steve Miner has it with you know uh, like a house poster somewhere in his you know, guest room somewhere. You know, I don't know. Who knows? We'll never know. You know, there aren't a lot of scenes with uh, you know Shelley and Jason actually together. But how close did you get with uh, Richard Brooker over the years? Uh, well, <laughs> um, well, so yeah, we had no scenes together. We never. I'd see him on set, and but he was always separate from us. Yeah, because he's doing his makeup, and or I'd see him. You know, smoke his pipe you know you know but he's kind of intimidating and he's wearing that makeup so it's like i didn't, I didn't really want to talk to him too much it was yeah. like, uh, um uh so we weren't hanging out on the on the set at all and then i didn't see anyone again until the 20 year uh anniversary oh wow there was a screening at the new art in la um that was just just happenstance. They happened to be doing a week of 3D movies, and it happened to be almost exactly 20 years um, mm-hmm. from. So it was August of of 20, 2002, and I and I I said, man, it'd be great to see everyone. And I started to make some calls. I said, let's let's call people. And I got a hold of Paul Kratka. And I think that I got a hold of Paul. I think I brought Paul. And then Steve Suskind showed up, and then Brooker showed up because his girlfriend had heard about it and just brought him. <laughs> um, and he had, and none of us had seen it in theaters because it never showed in yeah. theaters in the 20 years. So that was really cool. It was a great screening, uh, uh, and that's where the first time I saw uh, Brooker in, in 20 years and and and. Um, and uh, just an aside, th- there's a story behind it, but that was the day that I met Pete Brackey, and that was the day he decided to start writing Crystal Lake Memories. Uh, oh, interesting. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that's an that incredible screening. documentary, yeah. Uh, well, that, the book. That's where he started the book, and then yeah. that led to the documentary. So, uh, but anyway, uh, I digress. And then, so I'd see, but it, so I only saw Richard, you know, three or four times after that, you know, at conventions or screenings. Um Otherwise, we didn't, you know, I, I didn't see him. So on that note, um, you know, the 80s were such a hotbed for horror, but it feels like right now, I mean, just with with regards to how, you know, it's just widespread and ubiquitous horror is, you know, we're so used to horror mm-hmm. cons and we're so used to um, even festivals like film festivals with, with regards to horror. Did the 80s, did, did, did you, was there any of that really in the 80s for, that, that you no, got to see? No, nothing. It just felt like nothing, right? Nothing. Yeah, that's Nothing. So there was nothing. There was, because, you know, it, 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 it really needs the, I think it really needs the internet to have mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, you know, there were a few, there were like autographed things that in L.A. There was a, a like, there, there were some where you just go and get rent, like, oh, it's the cast of Gillingham's Island. And yeah. <laughs> the, the people from Planet of the Apes and, and, and just random collection of people who would, you could get autographs from, but it was no, there wasn't a, anything like that. I don't, I mean, I think Fangoria and Chiller started their stuff in, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. what, the, like the 2000s. Because, um, right, how do you tell people about something like that, right? It's just, it just needed the Internet, I think, to push it. And then I didn't go to a convention until I think it was 2005 or something like that. It was a chiller convention in, 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 at the, near the Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the first time we hit, like, there was, in one room, it was me, Adrian, Amy Steele, Kane, Ari Lehman, um, maybe John LeMay. I mean, just a bunch of us were just got together. You know, we're like, we're in this place. We'd, none of us had ever, like, Adrian had never done anything because she had that stalker. So she had, this yeah. was her first convention. And and then, like, there were a line an hour deep to get into the room. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know, and then after that, there was a lot more, you know, people said, you know, it's like, it takes a while before you become the nostalgia and you're not just the. True. Um, whatever you know yeah yeah uh, you know you mentioned the movies i mean have you kept did you keep up with the friday the 13th franchise after your entry or did you did you go back to it years later after you started to go to the conventions and, and meet more people from the movies i you know after, after i didn't see i don't think i saw another one in the theater until i until eight came out oh, wow. and then i remember seeing eight and going Oh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, tough break. Well, you know, because it, it, they sold it wrong, right? I mean, you know, you know I can, I don't, we can talk about the problems with eight. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I mean, when they get to Mad it's great. But otherwise, yeah, it's not a good yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> Love that. So uh, uh, I was not really keeping up with what was going on. So I think I only, the only ones I saw in theaters when they, in their original release, eight and ten, and then, and then I saw, and then, uh, I was at the premiere of Jason because by the time Freddy vs. Jason and the new one came out, I was then I was bad. You know, I was with more into the thing. You know, in the 2000s. But no, I didn't. I didn't really see all all those. Oh, interesting. Um, I remember in, in like '85, '86, I was on an audition and I saw Crispin Glover there, mm. and he looked at me and he was like, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> and I'm like. Why does George McFly know who I am? Because <laughs> uh, I had not seen four, and I didn't realize that he was like you. You were the guys, were the nerds from the movies, oh my and God. I just was like, you know, hey, I feel so bad about that. <laughs> I feel so bad because I was like, I would love to talk to him about it. He's so great in part four. But, you know, when I finally saw it, it's like, God, he did great stuff, and I just would have loved to talk to him about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know it's 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 interesting because like I've in la- you know each season for podcasts we go through different franchises and you know like Halloween and was the first one last year was Nightmare and this year is obviously Friday and I feel like with Friday just because the cast rotates so much that I is it does it feel like there's a Friday family I know that like there's definitely I've seen at conventions there's like Nightmare Family just because you get the you know the um the the heroines in the in that movie and then with Halloween it's like obviously with the family links so you're gonna have the recurring cast members but Friday's so sprawling and with so many different casts like is there a Friday family there is there is I mean because when I go to the conventions and we see, you know, we're all, it's all like we went to the same camp, mm-hmm. really, right? You know, hey, yeah. oh, yeah, you went a different year, <laughs> but you remember that guy, right? <laughs> that big guy who killed us? Yes, I remember him. Um, no, and so, and, and if I'm like, I remember, you know, if I'm out and out and I run into like someone's uh, Russell Todd lives in the neighborhood and I'll run into him from oh. part two or, uh, uh, or, you know, you see, 
anybody, you know, and and then because of the conventions, you know, I don't do a lot, but I do, you know, maybe one a year. And so you see, you know, you just become, they're all your buddies, you know, Kane and CJ yeah. and Ari and, and uh, you know, and, and, and some, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, there is a family. That's cool. Maybe we're not as tight as the nightmare people, but <laughs> over the years you can. It's, but it's we're a little, there's a lot more of us. There's, yeah. a, lot, there's a lot more of us. And there's That's so many true. movies. I mean, good God! Like, I mean, the fact that we're almost at 13 is 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 well. I mean, it's been 20 something years, but it's pretty wild. But um, yeah, we can talk about the hopeful 13th movie <laughs> in a minute here. But before we do that, I mean, yeah. When did you decide to go into law, Larry? Was it had you always had an inkling that you wanted to do that even before you started acting, or how did that come about? No, no, I was like, no. So my dad was a lawyer, and I was like, I'm never going to be a lawyer. <laughs> I'm going to be an actor. I'm an actor. You know, that's the thing. And then uh, Hollywood said, you know what, Larry? Maybe you're not going to be an actor. <laughs> um, that so. And then Dad said, I'll pay for law school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nice. I'm not going anywhere, so that'll at least buy me some time to figure out what I want to do. So, went to law school, and uh, but really enjoyed it, and found it to be a a a, a good, I, I, you know, it's something I, I'm good at. It's like a, it's a different part of my brain, you know, the analytical part. But I really, I'm, I'm, I'm I did well in law school, and I really yeah. enjoyed being a lawyer. And, yeah. And uh, and now I represent a lot of people in the horror community, which is just a lot of fun. Yeah, which is really fucking cool. I mean, one of the things I didn't realize that you represented like the actual George Lutz um, for yeah. the, the Amityville thing. Now, when you talked to him, did you get an inkling that like a lot of like that stuff really did happen? Um, that this is like, I mean, do you believe that stuff? I mean, what, what were your thoughts on that? Okay, so George. Great guy, great guy. Um, here's the thing. You know, I, I would ask him about it. He would never say, oh, no, I made that up. Right? He would never say anything Oh, of like course. That. No, 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 no. Sometimes if I pressed him on, like, what about this? He, he might wiggle a little bit. But here, here's the real interesting thing. That, like, the fact about George Lutz, which is un... un you, you just can't dispute this. It's undisputed. Yeah. Here's a guy... He's not a writer. He's not a professional writer. Never wrote anything, right? Moved into this house that he bought. Mm-hmm. Moved out 28 days later. Never moved back in. Yeah. And then turned it into this story that made millions, right? Mm-hmm. Now, he's not, again, Nobody leaves, buys a house, and then runs out and goes, you know what? This yeah. is my plan. I'm going to make this. This is my plan. I will leave it, and then, of course, I will tell the story, and I will make me millions. And so that, this yeah. is a good plan, right? That is the stupidest plan I've, anyone has ever made, right? Yeah. Oh, so totally. Th- th- that's, that's the weird part about it, right? It, it really uh, um, triggered something, that story. And I still remember reading the book. Yeah. I was on vacation. I was 13 years old and on vacation in Hawaii and, you know, on a, on a bright beach and being scared out of my wits. I, I have that. I still have that memory. That book is so it's viscerally terrifying. scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, there's something there, you know, but what it is, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, and look, and it's also true. The DeVeo family, right? That yep. Ronnie DeVeo killed his family in that house. That's, mm-hmm. that's also in dispute. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, a quick question. Does George Lutz yeah. look like James Brolin? 
Uh, you know, Brolin's probably a better looking guy. Uh, you can see <laughs> pictures of, 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 of what George looked like. I mean, you know, he was. He was a he was a Long Island contractor. That's what he looked like. I, I mean, neither of them look like Ryan Reynolds, of course. With the, the, the <laughs> I don't think anyone does. Nobody anymore, looks but, like Ryan Reynolds. Uh, God, um, right. what a honk! But uh, I I will be played by Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, just such a cool story though that that they got to be linked on that because I've I've always been obsessed with that ever since I was a kid and like you I, I read it at a young age and it it just definitely informed my uh perceptions on like the supernatural and stuff like i i'm a total i'm a believer of that stuff so like i've i've always just been f- just absolutely obsessed with it um and so i saw that i just had to ask but um yeah it's an amazing story and again i you know it's again if if he wrote it if he made it up the fact that this guy who is not right again not a writer not a professional yeah. writer created one of the most lasting most horrifying best-selling horror books of all times is stunning <laughs> yeah. Now we'd love to talk to you a little bit about the Friday the Thirteenth issue because again you've been very mm-hmm. gracious with your time on Twitter trying to kind of you know rustle your way through the, the the weeds of this case and everything and like I said from day one we we would try to explain the case it was <laughs> so, just a it was just a big word scramble and it was just a nightmare trying to explain we're like hopefully one day. We can have Larry Zerner give us kind of breakdown and give us the layman explanation as to what is going on. Do you, can you give us a kind of a, a breakdown as to as to what started this case and where it stands now? Because even that's kind of murky. Sure. Um, so the first thing you, you have to understand is that there is a provision in the Copyright Act, um, which was fairly new. So, it, which and it said that. If you write something and sell it uh, and sell your rights away, after 35 years, you can terminate that assignment and get the rights back. And the idea was to protect really, you know, like these musicians who like in the 50s would sign away all their copyrights of their songs and then the songs would be big hits. And they never see another dime because they were, you know, 18 years old, 20 years old and taking advantage. And now they're in their 50s and have, have, you know, no money. And the songs are still making money for the songs that they sold for a thousand dollars. You know, is that kind of like the Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney situation from the 80s where the Beatles material? No, that's different. Oh, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Well, besides them being rich. (laughs) Let's not confuse it. That's different. But so anyway, so so you you can after thirty five years you can terminate the transfer. So um, that's so Victor who wrote Friday the Thirteenth the script, mm-hmm. he sent a notice of termination to Sean or Sean's company Horror Inc. Now there is an exception to this rule of termination, and the exception is if the original work was considered a quote work for hire unquote then you cannot terminate, okay? And to, so to be a work for hire, uh, you either had to have an agreement that said it's a work for hire, or you had to be what the Supreme Court has said is really an employee of the, uh, of the person who hired you. And looking at factors such as how were you paid? Were you paid by the hour or the project? Who gave you your materials? Uh, could you work on other things at the time? Who set your time uh, when you could work? 
who set the place you could work, right? Is it more like a typical, like, because if I go someplace and I'm played by the hour and, I'm, and someone, you know, if I go to McDonald's and they give me an apron and a spatula and I work by the hour, right, I'm an employee. But if I, someone, if I go to someone's house and I paint their house and they say, it's $1,000, get it done, and I, I supply all my own brushes and stuff, then I'm more an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. So in the Miller... Uh, Sean case, the the question is, Sean said, Victor was my employee under these rules, uh, not, uh, and so it was not a, so it was a work for hire, and therefore he cannot terminate the transfer, and I still own the rights. So that's what they've been fighting about. The court, the lower court, um, held that Victor was not an employee, and therefore the termination was valid. And at the moment, Victor owns the rights to the first script, and that is on appeal. And the appeal was briefed and argued in February, and we are waiting for the decision, which is a good chance will come in the next month. Oh, wow. Wow. That's soon. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Uh, normally, if things are argued in February, because they, they, courts sort of out of a season, and the season ends at the end of June, um, and usually they try and get stuff done, all the stuff that was argued during the year by June. Not always, but usually. So there's a very good chance that we'll have a decision by the appellate court. Uh, and the appellate court can either uphold the decision and say, yes, Victor is not... Uh, was not an employee. The termination is valid. Uh, they could reverse and say, nope, Sean was the employee. Sean was an employer, and so Vic, he doesn't. So, so, so Victor does not own any rights. Mm-hmm. Or they could send it back for a trial, which would be the worst case scenario. Because then, back and do another trial. Uh, yeah, god damn it. Uh, yeah, it'd be another, it'd be another few years before we get. So uh, we're waiting to hear, and, and then either whatever decision happens, the, the other side will probably appeal it to the Supreme Court. That means they will ask the court to grant cert, which means you know, grant the petition. Supreme Court grants 1% of all the cert petitions they get, so not much chance that they would do that if they did that we would know whether the Supreme Court would take the case the, the last week of September because they, that's when they grant yeah. the petitions and then they start the first week of October. So that's the timeline. Um, God. And, and at the moment, Warner Brothers uh, and Sean have – they, they, they can't really make any movies – until they resolve this, and they're at the moment they're not trying to resolve it. There was a period of time where they were trying. Now, my understanding from my sources tell me no one's trying to do anything right now. They're just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's fascinating case, and it's easy to to kind of back either horse in this. I feel. I mean, your decades of of being in the law profession. Where do you personally stand on this? Do you kind of side with Victor Miller, or are you more in Sean S. Cunningham's camp when it comes to the, the outcome? I've, yeah, I've always said that I think Victor has the better case. This is exactly why the court, the, the Congress passed this law that said after 35 years you can terminate the transfer. Because mm-hmm. Victor basically sold his rights in the movie for nine ninety two hundred dollars 
Oof. right? And he turned it into this, fr- this turned into a franchise that has made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the idea being, okay, now, now he's allowed to go back in and and share some of that money, make a real deal based on what it's worth now. Uh, so that's God. that's that. I understand it'd be easier for everybody if Victor lost because then they don't have to make a deal because yeah, you know but, life goes on. But yeah. this was always an uphill battle for Sean, and the the lower court ruled pretty exactly as I predicted. So Wouldn't I'm imagining C-SPAN airings of a Friday Thirteenth case. Was... <laughs> yeah, like Jason goes to Supreme, or Jason goes to the court, or goes to Washington, or whatever. Oh my God, like that'd yeah. be. The headlines alone um, would be a fun to write and then really depressing to think about of just how long this has been. Um, well, he could go in because he's wearing a mask. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, Actually, they don't have uh, not having, you know, they're only having they're having hearings um, uh, on the phone now. So. That's actually, I was going to ask you, like, um, how have you been uh, handling quarantine and, um, and how has it affected the, you know, the law, you know, profession? Uh, well, I can, you know, I just need a computer and a phone to, to do my job, uh, pretty much. So yeah. I, I, I'm just working at home. It's not that, not that different uh, for me. There's no, there's no trials at the moment. So that's wild. That, yeah. that, the, that, that, that's the one thing they have to figure out, but I didn't have any, uh, trial scheduled. So, well, that's good. Yeah, I can only imagine the the the, the weeds that that's gonna uh, ca- cause for that one. Jesus. Um, well, what do you uh in terms of uh you know keeping yourself entertained? Are you do you watch horror? Are you a big horror fan still? Even though, uh, or are you, you kind of just is it just something that was in the past? <laughs> I, no, I love good horror. Yeah, you know, the the thing is, I don't like bad horror, but I, I so I watch. I try and watch. What I can't, I mean, I'm, 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 uh, what did I just see that was good? Oh, Madeline on, on Netflix. Mm, Um, the French, uh, it's a French witch tale. Mm. It's amazing. It's really great. If you haven't seen that, uh, you know, the, the Mike Flanagan stuff, uh, Austin on Hill is great. Love that. Um, so, uh, are you, uh, are you a Stephen King fan at all? Oh, I love. I mean, I've been a Stephen King fan from from day one. I mean, I've oh read every single one of his books. I mean, oh, from wow. <laughs> need to have you on the, on. another one of our podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we've we're, we yeah we we've been running a Stephen King podcast for a few years now. That uh, and yeah. it's just been my life for every oh god I think like every day for the last uh, three years. But what, what are what are some of your favorites of uh, of his uh, bibliography? Uh, well. Oh, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I go back to, you know, I love the stand. Mm-hmm. I loved what's, what's, what's the, the, well, the, the, the stand and the book, what, what's the book that has Shawshank in it? Different, se- oh, different, different seasons. seasons. Different seasons. Yeah. Um, different seasons. Um, uh, the Night Watch, is that the short story, the short story collection? Oh, oh Night, Night Shift. Shift. Yeah, God, that, that, that book Night is Shift. amazing. Yeah. Uh, that's great. You know, but, uh, you know, I, you know, all of Carrie... Uh, Dead Zone, yeah. Shining. I wasn't a huge fan of the um, the Dark Tower. Me uh, either. I, I, I'm I'm kind of get ostracized a little bit for that, but <laughs> I just thought it was. I kind of like it when it's just kind of more 
grounded in reality. I feel like it gets a little too crazy with the Dark Towers. I, I just like, I mean, I just like the horror. I just, yeah, I just, yeah. Didn't, I never got into the, the, the world. I, that world was just, I, I didn't, I didn't care for that world. And Same. So, but, and I just, and I just read, you know, the, the day it came out, I read the, the new collection of books and thought, um, that first story where the world is ending was just amazing. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. That's that, that one. Uh, and it goes to a really emotional place. I was just like in tears by the end of that one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I see. I am multitudes. That's what, that's what yeah. That's yeah. It's um, the, uh, the yeah, life of Chuck. That's that, that one just, oof. Yeah. It hit me. It was just, I still have to read this. It's amazing. Yeah. It really, it really had a, a really gut punch. It was great. Yeah. Great story. Well, this has been, this has been a lot of fun. Um, I, you know, I, this is, uh, I mean, just been awesome to talk uh, especially you know with quarantine it's it's very hard to we don't get to like, meet up a lot anymore so doing these interviews over the over skype and zoom has been a lot of fun uh, for us and yeah. um like last month i think we spoke i spoke to elvira and she was <laughs> it, usually a lot of these interviews would go like 30 minutes and it was just like at the like 45 minute mark i was like hey i'm sorry i'm sorry to go on she's like i'm i'm not doing anything this is great like let's just keep talking <laughs> right, so we were just everyone, like holy like, shit talk, talk please talk yeah right uh but uh yeah. Yeah, well, you know, hopefully uh, down the road at one of these conventions, if they become a thing again, uh, love to shake your hand. Um, and thank you so much, uh, Mr. Zerner. This has been right. um, a delight. Thanks so, so much. Where are you guys? What, 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 what state are you guys in? We're both in Chicago, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really, I really wanted to go to, I was, I, I, I talked to, uh, about going to Days of the Dead in Chicago oh, in November. So much fun. I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to happen, but it does. Maybe next I November. It. I think I you know. should pencil that in. Well, it's, it sucks. Uh, it's it, is, it, is, it, is, it is on my list to go to Chicago. It's a great, great place. Yeah. yeah. Well, we, I know that they have a festival here, Cinepocalypse, that's uh, at the Music Box. It's just this amazing, music, uh, this amazing movie theater that's uh, down the street. And I know one of the things that we're mm. trying to do uh, before this was uh, get some sort of 40th anniversary thing for Friday and have like a bunch of people from the, there, but I don't know, maybe next year. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, look by two, you know, hopefully by because we got another two years, so hopefully yeah. this will be done and life will be all back to normal. And that would be great. All, I mean, I mean, it'd be so great to have a 40th. Uh, totally. I mean, I hope they do some 40th anniversary screenings because to see it in 3D, and you guys have not seen it in 3D. I've right? not. Yeah. Or one of you no. had. I've no, not, I've no. Not. Oh, you no. didn't? Yeah. Um, didn't somebody on the pod, when I, when I was listening, someone said they saw it in, in Wisconsin? Oh, yeah, Mike Vanderbilt saw it years ago. Yeah, uh, I think yes. he might have he seen it. He did right. See. Yeah. So, so that's, that's the other thing. If you haven't seen it in 3D, you haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you could, t- you could it's, tell. It's it, so structured that it's, way. <laughs> it's so much more fun yeah. to see it in a theater in 3D. It just it doesn't work. It just doesn't work on in 2D on television. It it doesn't. The the, the movie is made the in a screen in a big theater with a bunch of people and everything popping out and everyone screaming. When that eyeball pops, it's so great. Oh, I sure. mean, that's the thing. You, you lose that. The eyeball, the the, the um, uh, Andy's death, um, mm. the the spear when Vera dies. All that stuff is so great in a the theater. They screened it. Last year at the Egyptian, oh man, oh, oh, so it's, and uh, okay. it was great in 3D, and the people, the crowd just loved it. it was, it's just so, 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 so you know, and, and everybody does rankings of, of the movies of the Friday movies. It's like 
well, you got if once you've seen it in three D in a theater, the ranking goes up. For oh, three. I'm sure. Then it's then you see it's in the in, it's it's a much better it's a much better movie. Yeah, that way. Yeah, much more fun. Well, well, hopefully we can get that uh, get a print. I mean, they they usually do uh, are able to find some pretty hard to you know find stuff here at the the music bus. So I'm hoping that they are able to do that because we'd love to do. I mean, that would be just the big appeal for sure, over than any of the other movies. They're right. I mean, there is a 3D. There are 3D prints. You got to find them because yeah. you know I know they. They had it at the Egyptian last year, so yeah, incredible. Uh, well, uh, we'll definitely keep in touch uh, on that because that would be awesome to have some sort of reunion out there for that uh, if it could actually happen. Yeah, but um, all right. Well, have a great weekend, um, and let's you keep too. in touch for sure. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. All the best. All right. Okay. All right. Bye. All right. I have a, a bet. Uh, do we see? Do, would you be willing to put ten dollars down right now? Or no, thirteen. Let's 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 be on brand. Thirteen dollars that we see Friday the Thirteenth movie for the forty fifth anniversary. Oh yes. Yeah. Wait, wait. We do we both agree on that? I think so. I so I, I guess we can't really make a bet. Well, on this, you can but... give me thirteen dollars, and I'll give you thirteen <laughs> yeah. of my own dollars. Well, hey, it's the price of a ticket. Although, uh, who knows what the the price of tickets are going to be? Come nine. Uh, what is it? What would it be? Twenty twenty five. Yeah. Twenty twenty five. Oh, let Oof. me ask you this question, Mike. Do you think? LeBron James will still be involved in 2025 if that were I to happen. I hope so. I mean, he seems to be getting more and more involved in film. Uh, as we saw at the last dance, the great last dance, easily the the, the greatest piece of pop culture we had all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Michael Jordan set the way uh, for, uh, for basketball stars in Hollywood. And I believe LeBron James is trying to make that a little bit more. Um, I think that he... As we saw, he he's he's been performing in a lot of movies. He's probably my favorite part of Trainwreck, uh, in hindsight, even over Bill Hader. And you know, Amari Stoudemire. Gave oh, Amari Stoudemire is great. Yeah, he's performance. Good he's only he's really only in the one scene where he's <laughs> he recovering. So, but uh, but he, I think that LeBron really wants to kind of change the game um, as he and he did for the NBA. I think he wants to do it for Hollywood, and I wouldn't be surprised if like his love of horror still. Uh, endures even past all this uh, legal mumbo jumbo. So I'm hoping that he's involved because I think that he he's got the the heart in this movie. Um, you know, we go back not to go mo- too much of an tangent on LeBron, but you go back to those like those videos that he shared on on Instagram. He's not watching the Halloween remake or you know the, the 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 many shitty sequels that came after he's watching the originals like he's going he was watching like Halloween 2 1981 so like that's yeah. you know i think his heart is in the right place so i'm i'm hoping that LBJ uh, is able to keep this going um, well he's he's also just a very He's obviously one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Oh, Hi, this is the Halloweenies, uh, Jason Voorhees podcast. <laughs> but I really want to say is I want to say he's also a, an extremely savvy businessman. Extremely yeah. savvy. He really knows his stuff. He surrounds himself with really, really smart people. Maverick Carter is one of the smartest people mm-hmm. in that industry, just the entertainment industry at this point. Yeah. And you know, aside from the decision, which was a that broadcast was a disaster. I'm not saying disaster, Mike, Mike but... I'm not saying that the decision he actually made was a disaster. I'm I saying know, that I the, know, the television broadcast was a disaster. But honestly, in the last ten years, no major missteps from him. So hopefully he can continue that on. I know. Granted, we'll have to see how Space Jam Two what's it called again? <laughs> next the the last something what's it called? Space I can't Jam remember 2, what it's called the now. Next, I... the next it's... phase, the next the dance. Next... <laughs> Let me see what it is. Uh, next dance. I, that would be hilarious if they did just change it just because of because uh, of the last dance. Oh, a new legacy. A I new mean, you don't even really legacy. need to have. It's not even called Space Jam Two. It's called Space Jam: A New Legacy because there's because Hollywood's terrified of numericals at this point, um, which is yeah. kind of annoying. But 
Yeah, because um, God forbid they say, please go watch Space Jam. Yeah. You know, I wonder if any future releases of Space Jam will omit R. Kelly's <laughs> I Believe I Can Fly from the closing credits. Do you think that I will hope happen? so. That, that, that'd, be a, you know, that'd be a good thing. Uh, or that you get someone else to sing it. That'd be good. Um, you know, get uh, Frank Ocean to do a, a cover of it. And you could just omit the fact that R. Kelly ever did it. That'd be awesome. Even though um, he, he wrote it and would still get all the... <laughs> Oh yeah, he probably God. would get all the royalties. For the re-recording, for he would get even more yeah, money, probably. God. It's like he makes bail because of Space Jam too. Um, anyway, uh, this was fun. Yeah, definitely. We got final chapter coming up. I'm I'm coming back to the pod. I'm coming back to Camp Crystal Lake. I, I took a a sojourn to uh, Haddonfield for a little bit. Um, I got a, a nice uh, uh, spring house there, and that's where I've been quarantining. But well, I know um, that people in, in the springtime love to go to Haddonfield, New Jersey. Oh, totally. Haddonfield, Illinois, excuse me. Haddonfield, Illinois is a great place. You don't have to worry about any shapes uh, and any ghouls or any goblins. You just get to enjoy the small town atmosphere. And that's what I've been doing. I've been kicking it with uh, 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 Sartain's son. And uh, we've just been enjoying ourselves as we, as we wait for the conclusion of uh, Halloween. <laughs> Do you think Sartain's son will appear in... Either Halloween kills or Halloween ends, and well, if so, how happy will you be? I'll bet you thirteen dollars he he appears. <laughs> well, here's the thing: I know that I'm going to win the thirteen dollars because I know literally everything that happens in Halloween kills. Now, the question is: Does he show up as in, in Halloween ends? Now, I just proved by saying that that he's not in Halloween kills, so I apologize for the spoilers there. But spoilers: No, Doctor Sartain Jr. <laughs> no Sartain Jr. In, in there, but I'm hoping that I have to give you back the $13 uh, and he appears and makes a triumphant return to avenge his father in uh, Halloween ends. So, well, well, Mike, one way or the other in 2025 money will be exchanging hands <laughs> yes. either yes. way. Um, uh, so Lord. this has been fun and yeah. we hope you enjoy the interview again. Yeah. Final chapter coming up for June Oof, and hopefully even more bonus episodes. You never know what's in the I future know. folks. Uh, until then, bye, 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 b